Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is part two of Swanee and Friends, and we're absolutely wrapped to be joined by one of the greats of the AFL as our guest friend this week, Neil Baum. Hello, Barmy. Thank you for coming in. Oh, pleasure. I thought you wanted me to come here to play tennis, but <laughs> are we allowed to say where we are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Ralphie, how much tennis do you play being a member? I haven't yet? picked up a racket yet. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a tennis player, Barmy? No, not for a long time. No, no, no. <laughs> what other sports would you, would you have been good at? Uh, I played a lot of uh, cricket mm. and yep. baseball in the old days, uh, swimming. Um, in the you know real as a kid, um, yeah. So I did most of the things that normal kids do at school. That's but it. Uh, no, I love cricket, and I did play baseball for a couple of years and really enjoyed it. Oh, it was yeah. In Perth, pitcher or no? I was a, would you believe I was a catcher? Oh, yeah, yeah. I played. Hell, <coughs> the knees and hips getting down catch. there. Oh no, they're all right in those yeah. days. I was only <laughs> 16, 15 or something. Um, but I was a pretty good uh, batsman. I, I won the yeah. batting average. Yeah, oh, nice. Years. Mm. What'd you hit? Oh. Yeah. 400 or... 400. It was pretty <laughs> good. Going, going well. Yeah. So you gamble on that day? Get the MVP. In the, in the, in the <laughs> but that was only under seven yeah. days, But uh, No, it was... Uh, yeah, I've, I've played most, most sports. Yeah. So there's nothing worse than uh, people giving up their time and they're not getting a proper plug. We'll do this at the start, Sam. Yes. <laughs> so the reason Neil's in is walkforepilepsy.org.au and you can walk with Barmy via that page. So um, is this cause and effect? Because I just thought you'd done the elbow when you'd cut out carbs, but as part of your, your health scare that you've lost a lot of weight. And, uh, oh, no, it's, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I, I had, um, I've had three epileptic seizures, yep. uh, not, not for a while now. Unfortunately, I'm one of the ones that um, medication can help. Um, there's 70% of the people who get epilepsy are okay with medication, but 30% aren't, so they've got to be very careful of what they do. So... You know, the seizure stuff was pretty scary. Did you know you had it? No. Well, no. there's been no history of it or yeah. anything. It just happened. Um, and it, young kids and people over 60 are the most likely ones to get it. For, and, but the big problem with it is that no one really knows what it is. Mm. Right. You know, you, you know what happened, but yep. they don't know what causes it. Um, and that's why the medication is more about control than anything else. So one of the things we... We need is money for research as well because they, they still there's still a lot to do to find out about it. But also, the people who have it who whose medication doesn't work need a lot of support as well. And that's what the walk for epilepsy is all about and all that sort of stuff. So if you've seen me walk, you know this is <laughs> it's a big effort for me. But uh, I, I did a bit of walking yesterday. I'm a bit sore today, but uh, yeah. So it's um. 25 days of walking and at the end we'll do a uh, treadmill thing with a few stars maybe or something and have a bit of mucking around. So yeah, so if anyone's out there and wants to help, it's, uh, if we just go to that website and look for my name somewhere and, you know, if you put in 10 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, it would be really helpful. Absolutely. Where so are you walking? Are you walking somewhere in particular? Or? Oh, no, what it is, you walk wherever you walk. Okay, yeah. Um, and then... And it's just a matter of the Ks that you do. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't yet committed to Ks because most people commit to 250 Ks <laughs> in 25 days. Yeah. I don't. I reckon I might collapse. <laughs> bit, so I don't <laughs> think I'm going to commit to quite that, but I'm going to do a fair bit. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good fun. And it's something that I wouldn't normally do, but uh, one of uh, our friends uh, worked for epilepsy and knew that I had the problem and said, would you, would you help with promoting it? Because yeah. what, what most people do is that they feel 
not so much shame, ashamed of it, but they they quiet, don't say anything, um, yeah. and I, you know, and because the, they are, they don't want to talk about it, but they asked me what I felt, and I thought, well, no, I don't feel guilty. <laughs> I just have it, and I'm yeah. really pleased to at least promote it and make people a bit more aware of it. And the people who got it, it's probably better, like most things, to talk about it and get it out there rather than just sit in the back of your mind, no pun intended. So when is it? Um, through October? It walks from uh, October 1 to October 25, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that whole period, and then at the end it finishes up on the 25th. How did you find out you had it? Oh, I had a, had a fit, had a stroke. I was in bed, uh, and I... I don't know what happened because I was out to it. Wow. Fortunately, uh, Carmel was there and she looked after me. I had to get in an ambulance. I was in hospital for four days. And was that? Ju- I'm, I'm not making well, light in any way. Was it during COVID as <coughs> well? Yes, it was. Oh, that was the worst. It was yeah. in, 20, in 2020 when it first happened uh, in COVID and all sorts of stuff was going on and I was probably suffering a little bit of anxiety about what was going on in our lives and um, probably was... Um, Drinking a bit too much, not that it was bad, but it was probably a bit, you know, a bit much. Which sometimes that does contribute to uh, the fact that you get it. So, and I had two other seizures after that, and then now the medication's working. So, but this might be a stupid question: Are you born with it, or do you get it? No, I think you get. It. No you one get knows. It. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, that's the issue. No one really knows. Yeah. I mean, I get it when I'm seventy. Yeah, like, and that's the first I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So, as I said, it's young kids, which are the really the horrible ones, yeah. obviously, but. People over over sixty are likely to get it as well. There's um, one in twenty five people get it, so it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah so, so no, but there was no no history yeah, and no, no suggestion it was going to happen. Yeah. So, for example, it can happen to you. I yeah. know, a mate of mine from Adelaide rang me uh, yesterday and said his twenty five year old daughter's just got it. Okay. She's yeah. had a kid, and so anyone can get it in a sense. Oh. Yeah. Frightening. So uh, anyway, all those Sam will put on the our show notes. Absolutely. Walk for au. Walk with Barmy is the uh, is the links, um, and that's that covered. Uh, now, <laughs> thank you for doing uh, that. Yeah, absolutely. It, no, yeah. We, we appreciate you coming in. So the obvious question is: fifty years in footy, what was Dane like when yeah. you when you first met him at Collingwood? <laughs> oh, a bit of a larrikin. But that's exactly that's exactly what really? you want him to play yeah. because because yeah. you want him to take a risk and really challenge themselves to play. And where Swanee was terrific to work with, he was. He loved playing and he gave his best, which is all you can ask for. And Slow burn? Slow burn his career? Like oh, well, in a, in a way it probably was. But yeah. um, no, no, he was a, very good, always a good player. Very good yeah. player. Well, come on, your, your recollections of Barbie? Uh, Barbie, uh, Barbie was very good. Um, is he that to me? of people who really looked after you? Yeah, absolutely. There was there was a handful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was Barmy, probably Greg Swan, Jeff Walsh, probably the three that um probably understood. Like obviously, when you fucked up, you got in trouble, and rightly so, because well, we all, even though back then you probably thought you shouldn't be in trouble, but in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. And <laughs> like we, I sometimes we knew we were probably breaking the club's laws and going out probably a bit more than we should have, or not. Doing the right thing on the track, whatever. So when you got in trouble, you or when you got a talking to, you probably deserved it. But I think there was people who probably not understood, but realised we were young kids or young men, and probably talked to us a bit differently than some would. Instead of just like black and white, no fuck you, you this, you that, would understand and like maybe talk to us a bit differently and like um, just be like mate, you know, talk to us like mates and like adults instead of t- scolding us like well. Six-year-olds, it was more, mate, come on, just enough of that. Now let's just focus on this. And you respect them a lot more because actually, I don't know whether they understood, but they talked to us like we're humans. And like, okay, that's how I responded more anyway. But like, if you talk to me like a normal human said, mate, like, fuck, come on, this is your crib. As about we put that away for a little bit and we see what we can get out of this. And you go, right, okay, I respect that more than just sitting down getting yelled at for 10 minutes and we go, well, piss off you're suspended and then yeah. like don't want to talk to me ever again it was like, as soon as you got the bad stuff out of the way like wouldn't hold a grudge and it was just normal again like you could have a laugh straight away and instead of walking on eggshells for so long which was i obviously liked and respected so yeah no i've got a long it's one, one of the great things about footy we've we've come a long way from that point of view i think i think you've been to all of the clubs now they're much more reasonable about that it used to be do what you're bloody told and that's it I can always remember, um, I'm playing under-19s for, this is a long time ago, for Richmond and I played, I was playing school footy as well and a, an umpire made a bad decision, which is very unusual. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. And I, tro- I trod on his foot because <laughs> he gave me 15 metres. <laughs> and I tried to act like I didn't mean to do it, but then... <laughs> 
that's when Slug Jordan was coaching me in the 19s and he's got the story, so he's had to do the bit. So he's pulled me into Alan Schwab's office and he's just given me the biggest payout of all time. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, what? <laughs> and I just walked out of the room. I thought, oh, what was that about? And I'm thinking to myself, surely if he had just said, you know you're not supposed to do that and you know that puts us in a bad light and, you, you know, what are you going to do? I, I would have had the right answer to say, yeah, I know, I did the wrong thing, da da da, da. But I just walked out thinking, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. So, and so we have come a long way. Yeah. We have. And, but, but that's still the challenge of footy is that you've still got to be there for the hard decisions. If, yes. if Dane had done something that was genuinely really bad, well, we would have had to do something about it. But he did a few naughty things. So you put your arm around him and say, oh, come on, mate. You know, what, what are you here for? And that, he'd have the right answers. I'm here to play and I want to do it. I enjoy my mates. And every now and again I might do something wrong, but can you help me? And you say, yeah, of course we can. Yes, I always remember vividly as one time. I think he got into he was out, out with some mates oh. and they had a bit of a blue and he's he's joined in to help. Yes, yeah. and and I, you know I could see what had happened, um, and but you know some others at the club wanted to rub him out forever. Yeah. yeah, and I said, well, hang on a minute. What if your son were out with his mates and that happened? What would you expect him to do? Turn around and shoot through and look after himself, or perhaps help his mates? Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. So fortunately they were able to understand yeah. what that meant. He, he wasn't he wasn't out bloody being a dickhead. Yes. He was helping his friends. Um, so they're one of the, was one of the good things I was able <laughs> yeah, to help exactly. you Thank with from you. memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you say that was the, the yeah, well, talk in the road in your life, wasn't it? <coughs> that was basically, yeah, it was a turning point in my career, yeah. So, so I was put on the right path, I was put on the right path than what I was on. And, you know, like I say, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And I was probably enjoying... Off the field a lot more than I was doing on the field at that time, and you know probably without that moment, I probably whether who knows whether I just carry on being what I was and getting the ass after a year or two. But that was like you know like they said, righto, figure out what you want to do with your life. And you know as much as I probably whinge and moan about playing AFL, I was under no illusion it's the greatest job I'll ever have or ever had. So I was like righto, let's let's give it a go. And like I've always said, it was like him and, and Mick, and then like Ben Johnson and Chris Tarrant. Like forced me to train with them in the weight room and on the track, and that was that was oh three. And you know, I didn't get really get going for another few years, but I slowly understood what was needed to be at AFL level. So it took me a while, but um, that's probably when the penny dropped. And like I said, if I'd have got the ass from that blue, well, I'm certainly ain't sitting here. Yeah, uh, probably, probably down on the wharf with me dad, like doing <laughs> shift work. That's probably where I was going. Uh, were you at Canadian Park that that day when Dane was in the reserves? Reserves because he he reckons ten thousand people were there saying, yeah. so "I knew you'd go, I knew you were going to make it." <laughs> I, I honestly can't. Remember. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one can. Part, part of my issue was with this brain is yeah. I don't remember some of those right. things. But um, uh, Williamstown yeah. too. That's where I, that's where I kicked off my glorious <laughs> career. Ten a.m. down wasn't even at Canadian Park. It was on the oh, oval well, next, next to Canadian Park. <laughs> yeah, and so I was probably not there. <laughs> <laughs> and I started on the bench because I was late to the game. Yeah, Ace just Ace had just shut the door and I was walking in and he's like late on the bench. I was like, fuck how long am I going? <laughs> right, Sam, this is uh this is innovative stuff here. Oh, here right? we go. Right? Yes. This is innovative stuff. Well, you're fifty years in footy, yeah? Yeah, yes. And, and, uh, when I first nineteen sixty eight I yes. played senior footy for Subiaco as a sixteen year old. There oh, you are. And I actually my first serious game I played against Polly Farmer. How do you reckon <laughs> I went? <laughs> that would be a test. So that's that's sixty. Yeah, that's now fifty five years. Is a long time. Yeah. Right. So this is called Barmy Bingo, right? Because yeah. we can talk to about a million things. So I've put a whole heap of topics in there. Okay. Don't bring out one. We'll oh, get no. it. This is how we get it. No, there's, there's not <laughs> one bad thing in it. There's I know. I think you've, all of them <laughs> say the nineteen seventy three grand final. No, is not my one guess. bad thing in it. Pre seasons. Right. Pre season. What What was your uh, approach to pre season? And also, not as a player, and then as a as a administrator, because Dane. What's your belief with pre-seasons? Well, I don't think they're far too long for starters. <laughs> and you shouldn't have to do pre-pre-seasons? No, no, no. Well, it's an, I have an off-season for a reason, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> then it goes into pre-season. Well, pre-seasons, uh, as a player, yes. I initially hated them uh, for the same reasons Dane does. <laughs> uh, and then I realised that I had to do it because yes. if I didn't do it, I wasn't going to play. I finished up um, training virtually every day with uh, Johnny Tolman, and who was a – a professional running bloke in those days we used to train out of Caulfield with uh, like Caulfield race course yeah yes yeah with um, Lenny Thompson and Tuddy and and even some of the you know Barry Goodinghams and uh, 
all those guys. And, and we used to do a lot of running, a lot of long running. But I had to do that because I wasn't great at that. And yep. if I wanted to play, well, I had to do it. But So I accepted the reality of it. I didn't, I didn't love it all that much. Although I probably, <coughs> I once I got committed myself to do it, oh, well, let, let's just do it. So it wasn't too bad. But um, it is... Um, you know, funnily enough, talking to a few of our blokes the other day, we're talking about these players, and they said, "Oh, well, they just need to do a big preseason to be all right." And it's much more challenging and um, important now than it ever was because you know you see those blokes run now; yeah. they just run and run and run and run. So, as much as you you know, we can say they're not much fun. They're pretty bloody important. Yes, and they're also you got to get the do the right stuff as well for yeah. for you, which is probably high speed running rather than just all the long distance or whatever it is. Yeah. So, but it's um oh, it's a just a, it's an essential part of the game, which. Blokes like us don't like much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's but the way it is. The only thing you liked about preseason was everyone just hanging for the competitive stuff. Like when you match, like the Friday, just like we're going to do two fifteens of just like you know match, you know scratchy or something like that. Because running from cone to cone, that was I just I just mentally wasn't yeah, cut felt, out. It just felt senseless. Yeah, just for <laughs> right, we're doing sixteen minutes running with cone to cone. It was just for me. It was just like put a footy at the end of it. Yep. And I'd fucking go a bit harder. But when I'm just got six, when I'm just running from a cone, oh, fuck, this is boring. Like, just mentally, just wasn't for me. But if you're like, all right, we're going to play, I'd rather most every player. Well, let's do eight fifteens. We'd all just play and run around, and that was more fair. When you don't think, when you don't think about the running, it was that was okay for me. But when I was like, right, oh, we're going to do footy drills where you yeah. got to run, sprint from cone. 15, to, Fifteen minutes of running. Yeah, exactly. Do fi- yeah, yeah, that was just yeah. like. It's just fucking boring. That that I did not enjoy. But um, the competitive stuff, while we are out there and you're not thinking about it, was was okay. But um, yeah, pre seasons were long. So you remind me the um, this will shock you, Neil. I was never a very good footballer. But I, our, our six degrees of separation is Ian Owen, who played in oh yes, in yeah. the Richmond oh, '69 Premiership. Couldn't before. he run? <laughs> Unbelievable runner. I did two pre seasons with yeah. him at Caulfield Racecourse. Oh good. And yeah, he, right. he, he when I was playing Glenelg, but he he told me all these stories about the. Pre-season training under Tommy, and then he well, was a great uh, running coach back then. Harry, no, no, it was, it was oh, um, Billy Bramia, I think was that the one. Could or have no, been, the, no the, the Percy Charity, I'm thinking. Oh of, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, so he's yeah. the, he was a legendary Olympic trainer. Yeah, Herb Elliott's trainer. Yeah, yeah, brutal. Mm. So it sounded like, and also uh, Paul Ruse told me some of the things that Wolsey got him to do. That actually, seventies, eighties, even though you were semi-professional. The pre-seasons were far more brutal because there was no strategy. Well, I I can tell you, that's what finished my playing. I I finished (laughs) playing in 79 as a 27-year-old because TJ took us up these frigging hills. Where were we? (laughs) Down the beach somewhere? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, my knees were no good anyway. And they they just went, don't don't be doing this anymore. (laughs) So I stopped playing at 27. My man said he did 100 hundreds with no water because it was weak. (laughs) That's that's right. They did. No water. Exactly. You weren't allowed to have water because it was weak. I did 100 hundreds on the minute with no no water. Who was the conditioning bloke then? He was mad. Good good bloke, but he was, I can't think of his name. But uh, yeah, that's what he said. He genuinely said, no water. Yeah, exactly. But it it was a little bit of, of... you know, sacrifice and think about what you... You know, I could sort of see the logic of it, but it made no sense, yeah. no, really. Imagine trying <laughs> to do that now. You should be drinking water. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you wouldn't get away. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so fast forward to, now, to nowadays with a strategy in it, but there's still that hard bastard element that you've got to get through it. So what's your mindset, seeing what you experienced, but what you see now? Oh, well, the game's so much so challenging now. The, the, yeah. the strategy on field is... Players have got twenty decisions to make. We had, well, we had one. Dane had probably half a dozen because right. it started to progress. Yeah. Uh, we had one. When Whether to smother or not, and <laughs> turn a palm as a decision. They yeah. almost, they almost have to bring that rule in. You can't yeah. smother by jumping. Yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. um, but I'm really pleased that he got off because um, yeah. it just didn't seem fair to me. But don't, yeah. I didn't see how he could though, given all the other decisions they'd made. Yeah. So, but I'm really pleased that they did see that because it, it's not, it wouldn't be fair for him to miss. No. Doing the, probably doing the right. Where were we? So I <laughs> know. I actually, we'll get more off you on that. Go back fifty years or early seventies, and someone someone said to you, Barbie, the footy world's going to stop for four days talking about a smother. How <laughs> 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 do you reckon? Well, they didn't. They're not talking about the smother. Yeah, yeah. That's they're right. talking about the concussion. The impact, that's yeah, the issue. The impact I mean, of the smother. Because what we've done is we've set the precedent of saying whatever the outcome is, you are responsible yep. for it. 
And that's not fair, yes. as we know. But we know why they do it and we yep. can see that and we sort of support it, but it's a bloody... It's almost unsolvable, I yeah. think. Mm. That's the problem. The, the only way you can solve it is make it a non-contact game because yep. we're going to run into each other. I mean, and, I mean, some of the rules... They go, oh, man, my old man... 40 years ago said, you know why they call it Australian rules, don't they? Because they keep changing the effing rules. <laughs> and that was 40 years yeah. ago and we've got a lot worse now. But um, I'm watching a, I, I was watching a game on the weekend and it was in the last quarter and some bloke's got a free kick so he's got the ball and everyone's around and then he plays on. He genuinely played, running, you know, like 90 degrees from where he was. It was a genuine play on. There's one poor bugger five metres away who... He plays on, so he goes to tackle him. The umpire blows the whistle and says, you can't do that because you're out. Not, yeah. You're not oh. outside of the protected space. Protected space. And like I'm looking at it and going, what, what is this bloke supposed to do? <laughs> when, when did we ever coach him to say, oh, by the way, run away from the bloke because you're not allowed to tackle no. him? <laughs> I mean, if you, had a, if you said to Tommy Hafey, oh, I know, you tackled him too hard. He said, that's not possible. <laughs> You've got to, so it's, it's almost... Unfair to the players, and yeah. I don't know how how they came up with some of these stupid bloody rules <laughs> myself. But that's that's only my opinion. Right, and so that. the whole strategy stuff around preseason and all that yes, is, is really quite challenging for the players. But you know, the good ones get it, yep. and the other ones probably probably don't. But it They're is it's players. really it's really quite it's good. But it's a bit like out yeah, you know, our day when. The best players are the ones who actually see what's happening and adjust for it rather than wait to be told. Um, and sometimes that means whack a bloke because we were allowed to, <laughs> we, we got away with that. But now it's make the tackle or make yep. the chase or do the running or you know, don't trade in, hold back or whatever it is. So they're the ones that they're the best players, the ones who see the game. You've been around obviously a long time. Do you think people are, people say now the game's weak? It's this, it's that. Do you think the game's ever been harder to play? Oh, no, I think it's very challenging. And, and the tackling is unbelievable. Yeah. I reckon. Because, and the obvious reason for that is that everyone's within 70 metres of the ball. In the good old days, you'd have three blokes forward, three blokes back, and the other people in lines. But now everyone's within range of the ball. So yeah. tackling is much more likely to happen because they're a lot closer. Yeah. Uh, but it's very, very strong, very powerful. I, I think it's um, as hard a game to play now as it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but it's not all that much different. The principles are still the same. Do you, you want to compete? Do you want to bore in? Yeah. Do you care about beating your man? Do you, you know, do you take the responsibility of picking the ball up? Do you want to kick the goal or do you think, oh, I don't yeah. want to stuff it up? And all the same principle stuff is still there. Yeah. Sam's got the next one. The next topic, Neil Baum, is Dustin Martin. Dusty. Oh, beautiful. That's easy to There's talk not about. one yeah. bad thing of this. He's a star. He's a beautiful player. Uh, and he's certainly not going to the Gold Coast, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, he's but hang on, he wonderful. must because he caught up with his... Oh, he had a coffee. Coach, for, yeah. Yeah, he, well, why wouldn't he? <laughs> he's coached him for 12 years or something. He's a mate. <laughs> don't, don't let the media get in the way of Coffee that. equals oh, contract. The bloody media. Yeah, you. And I feel sorry for him. Because if they don't come up with a story, they're not doing their job. Yeah. And if there's no story, they, they've almost got to make one up. Yep. He does give them a lot. So like, he's, he's very good in the media, Dustin. <laughs> I don't think he's ever spoken to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> ever. So we, we actually, the idea of these type of shows is they're people can listen to it at all times. So, you know, he's not going to the Gold Coast. But give us your relationship when you walked in, what you, what you saw. 2016, was that your first year or 17? 17. 17, of course, your premiership year. And what you, what you saw and how you saw him become the actual all-time great that he is. Oh, as it turns out, um, we were renegotiating his contracts around all that time and all that sort of stuff. And I went to New Zealand and spent three days with his dad just yep. to make sure that he understood that we were caring about him. And, and it was terrific. He was, um, he was really good company. He wasn't what I expected at all. Um, the only thing he did that gave me a bit of an in inkling into what he was really like was he's driving along and some truck half cut him off. And he just looked at me and said, it's lucky you're here. <laughs> <laughs> For the truck driver, I assume. But, uh, but he was terrific. And, it, you know, Dusty was always – I found him really easy to get on with. But he's yeah. very, you know, st sticks to himself. He doesn't like to make a big noise in the media. But by hell, he loves playing and he plays beautiful footy. So, um, I mean, that's what he's like. He's, he's a bit different. We, we'd – Probably like you to be a bit more accessible in terms of promoting us and all that, but he promotes us beautifully just as yeah. a player. So, 
um, we're, we're happy with him. Just one on the media side of it, which makes me laugh, <laughs> only because I understand the dynamics of the media. Is that those post-game interviews, you can say, now let me guess, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you here, he has to do three a year and he goes and he, uh, he answers the questions exactly the same area. Yes, yes no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the boys were good. Team effort. Yeah. yeah, full credit to the opposition. That's right. Oh, they're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. But what did but you say, particularly in 2017, where you just went, fuck me, how good's this bloke? Oh, yeah. No, he was, uh, he was always very impressive. Mm. Um, and you could you could see what his personality was. He was yeah. quiet. He kept to himself. But there was nothing kind of negative about it. Um, that's just who he was. But... Gee, he could play. He was a what beautiful was your favorite watch. Thing a lovely. Oh, just his his balance and how good he is in this inside. Yes, I mean he just he, he can get out. <laughs> yeah. uh, beautiful foot movement and all that sort of stuff. But he's really strong too. and lovely balance. Yeah. Oh, he's got all the things. He beautiful yeah. kick and take a mark and runs hard and competes hard. He, d- you know, there's not much he doesn't do. Fantastic. Um, he's, he's a he's a lovely player and, and a really you know good company. Nice Best player. finals player of all time. You think? Oh, it's almost impossible to say, but he's pretty good at it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's only playing well when it really counts, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, and that's that's it. Well, that was the thing I think about him. Is like he, all us midfielders, and that we, you know, we all look up at the scoreboard and we all want to have 30, 35 and run around the back and get cheap ones. But Dustin was never like, he was, didn't really care much about his own. He just wanted a team to win. He was never like, Fuck, I want to. Can I get thirty to have yeah, a flat that, day? That's not what he was doing. No, nah. yeah. but then in finals, just like that's when he left. Like he'd go, for, if I had twenty five to three quarter time, I want to go forward and just sit there for the last quarter and just hide up. I want to get forty, so <laughs> I'd like, run around and go even more. But he was just like, I've done my job. Yeah. I don't need to go out and have another fifteen. And until finals came, that's when he was like, now this is this is my time. Yeah, he was like the most counts, unselfish yeah. like superstar of all time. The rest of us were all like running around, just wanting to have a touch yeah, the ball and win Brownlows yeah. and like. Bill Shane, but he just, he just genuinely didn't he, care. He just or did it. Care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yeah, but it, but it is a challenge, particularly finals. I mean, that's what we're all here for, and that's what we recognise. And I, I just noticed today that uh, Bobby Skilton's been recognised as champion, 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 and he's a he was a good mate of mine and um, beautiful player. And I, I worked with him actually for a long time. And but he hardly played finals, and it doesn't yes. seem fair. And a bloke like him, he would have been a wonderful finals player. And we'd be maybe saying the same thing yeah. about him, but they didn't get to do it. So, and it was harder in those days because you only had a final four, of course. But hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can final eight now. It's much easier to make the finals. But no, now, there are pick teams, your own topic, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, Benny, Benny and Peggy. Yeah, yeah. it's lovely. Benny yeah. Gale, Penny, yeah. Penny, Peggy O'Neill. Yeah, we're very lucky. Um, Brendan himself uh, is uh, Peggy's now. Uh, after ten years, she had to give it away, yeah. but uh, she had a lovely attitude towards um, allowing us to do our job, but knowing what it was and give us the direction when we had to. And Benny is exactly the same. They're um, I do let you do your work, um, but really got a good knowledge and a good feeling and the right kind of values. Um, now, when when Benny was silly enough to come out and say we, we're going to have hundred thousand members and win three flags, we all thought these guys <laughs> mad. But you know what? We've got hundred thousand yeah, members and won three. three flags, so it's, it's almost a fluke in a way. But um, that's what his vision was clearly, and they set themselves to try and do that, and um, and uh, and, that, and that's been the case. But they're both very good, and we're lucky to have kept Brendan, I think, because um, there's a lot of things that we got to do, and we got to. You know, rebuild the whole punt road uh, oval. That's a you know ninety three million dollar project or some bloody thing, and he's driving all that. So he's got plenty to do with us. But 
I was a bit surprised that the AFL didn't go a bit harder at him for the, the, the top job. And you would be good at it? Oh, yeah, outstanding. Well, he's, he's run the Players Association, yeah. he's run a footy club, he knows what to do, he's very clever, um, intelligent and decent, um, you know, really good sort of values and all that sort of stuff. So oh, he would have been wonderful at it, but I'm really pleased he didn't go because yeah. he's really important for us. Mm. For that, for those not immersed in the history of the game, though, you, you would uh, – I'm sure there's several times where you would have just laughed at Peggy O'Neill's measured – Leadership compared to the leadership you had when you were a player at Richmond, and a guy called Graham Richmond was yeah. a rather yeah. bit of a hard bastard. <laughs> yeah, so well, Graham's story is really very, uh, you know, two sided, very interesting. Like he he did all the work in the sixties and early seventies to set us up. You yep. know, he recruited players. He really worked very hard to make sure we had a good team and good coach and all that. But unfortunately, later on in the eighties, etc., he kind of because he was so ruthless and forgot about the respect for people that, that we'd, we'd all changed. We actually cared about each other. <laughs> and so when he got rid of, you know, Brian Roberts and then, you know, Brian Wood and, um, you know, David Cloak and Rainsy and, you know, blokes who, they were pretty easy to manage. But I think what happened was they came in and said, I've been offered a bit more dough or something. And he, he said, well, that's disloyal, get stuffed. <laughs> you know, whereas it... Or, or whatever, I'm yeah, kind of making right. that bit up because I wasn't there, specifically there, but clearly that's what happened. We were no good for a long time. We lost our belief in each other. We lost that respect for each other and players. And fortunately with uh, Peggy and Brendan, we were able to get it back. And, you know, whilst we're, we're challenged again now, um, we're in a pretty good place. We've done some good things. Would you know what it's like to have all your mates just suddenly not around you at a yeah, footy Yeah, no, fair idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Rat Pack got sacked pretty quickly after the Bucks took over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we moved, they moved him on pretty quickly. <laughs> all right, I'll pick one now. Oh, he's, oh here we go, Mick Mouldhouse. Oh, yeah, well, I, I was lucky in that I played with him. Uh, he came to Richmond uh, in the late, late 70s. I played with him a bit and got on really well with him. Uh, he's a very good coach. Um, I sort of... He got a little bit, uh, selfish is not the term, a bit too introverted and worried about his own position towards the end, I thought, but that's only more. And, but, but that was because of the way Collingwood was run, I think. That's how, you know, there's model behaviour. You sort of look after yourself a bit, yep. um, which is not what, was not the powerful thing in footy. The powerful thing in footy is just always giving to the next bloke, always helping each other, and that's the multiplier effect. And uh, But Mick is a wonderful coach. He should be very proud of, of what he did. And, um, and where he did it, um, I mean, at the West Coast, it was amazing too. But he was bloody good for us. He's a bit stiff. We played in a couple of pre- oh. uh, grand finals and didn't quite get up. And um, So, uh, yeah, no, he's he's really good coach. So your working relationship with him was almost 25 years apart, wasn't it? So you played with him and then you were already at Collingwood when he got appointed, yeah? Yes, yeah. yes, I was. Yeah, we had uh, Shorey the first year, but he was always going to go. Uh, and terrific, good mate, Shorey. Um that was part of what happened is that, um, you know, Ed, Ed came in and spoke to us in footy and said, well, what are we going to do about a coach? Oh, well, you know, we'll go through the process. It's probably a good opportunity for us. And he said, well, what about Malthouse? Would he be any good? <laughs> and so we said, oh, well, cool. he's been a terrific coach. We should talk to him. We should, uh, you know, see what he thinks. So he came back a few days later and said, Malthouse is coming to coach us. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd gone across and appointed him, which is so, sort of okay, but not really because it didn't give us a chance for to set up our relationship. Unfortunately, I'd played with him, so I already knew him pretty well, but um, it probably didn't help us in a way. I mean, it didn't help us control the whole uh, power thing of the club. But, uh, but no, Mick was a you know, really, really good coach. What made him so good in those uh, early part of the noughties when there was no way Collingwood were, were in the top two teams in the league as far as individual talent? Was Bucks and the rest wasn't it? I mean, that's dumbing down. Being probably being unfair to a couple, but yeah. what I'm saying was the, the 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 team played so unbelievably well as a team. Oh, but because he understood that and yeah. he encouraged them and looked after them and they they knew that he respected them. So, yeah, I mean, that was because particularly in that early time, he was he was really very engaged with them, etc. So when I I'm being probably a bit over hypercritical of later on, but maybe that was just our relationship rather than his with the players. But, yeah. Uh, no, he, he he got the he got the best out of him. There's no doubt about that. Right, Swanee. Yeah. Next next topic here. Tactical violence of yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan Eddy's written a book about the seventy two seventy three grand finals. <laughs> Carlton Richmond. Yeah, so we've had a quite a bit of 
uh, interaction with the Carlton, Carlton oh. blokes, and they were actually quite been quite kind, <laughs> kind <laughs> to me, really. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was different, and, and I I kind of justify it by saying that I, like I mentioned before, I think I I felt that I needed to do that because that's what my teammates needed me to do was. Yeah. Impose myself on the opposition because as a as a person I'm not really like that at all. Yeah. But as a player, I th- I had the, you know, I just had that emotional intelligence. I think to know that we we've just got to beat this mob, and the only and the way to do it is to you know bowl a few of them over or be aggressive or make them worried about us or whatever the whatever we did. And um, I tended to do that as a player um, and got away with it. But uh, and it was because of those days you could. It was one umpire and. Yeah. They're the only ones that could report well, you. Whereas right nowadays, I get I get forty weeks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no doubt. But but am I right in saying that back then, even during that era, when video evidence finally was was allowed in, like was, was yeah, there was no no video evidence. So when even I was if you playing, were showed on yeah. TV clocking someone, they couldn't use it. No, no, they couldn't. No, <laughs> which is wonderful. In, in, in its own, although talking to the Carlton blokes, they're very funny. They said the worst thing that Carlton ever did was trade Ricky McLean to. Richmond. Brock McLean's uncle, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, because he was mad and tough and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And the worst thing he did was taught me to be an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is probably right, because I saw it, I thought, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what I've got to do. <laughs> yeah, so. But it was done for a reason, because that's what would help you win. Well, and that's, that's, what, I, that's yeah. what I felt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that, I, I, that's the only one on that topic. Is there a thing called, is it? The Latin is it Tua Conti or something? I was reading a book, um, the Bullfrog book from uh, that um, ex army bloke or air force bloke, and he said one of the things is to you read the play and you do of your own accord something that you don't have to be told to do. And I think I had that's what I feel as I had. Yes, um, and that's probably justifying terrible behaviour in some <laughs> ways, but and I felt that that's what I needed to do. I never, I was never angry. I never did it out of any anger yep. or nastiness, but I thought that's what I've got to do, Yes, mm. um, which was probably a bit unpleasant for the other blokes that I <laughs> <laughs> interfered with, but um, I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah. What, what, what's, sorry, Sam, what's tactically allowed nowadays as far as... Um, oh, nothing. Violence, nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. Yep. Pushing and shoving is just a waste of time. All it does is make you fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they give usually if they they usually give a free fine. kick against exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Or a fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and it's it's fair, it's better. I mean, we you know, we're trying to protect the other players. Yeah. I mean it was a, not the right thing to do. Yeah. Clearly in that sense. Um so no, you can't get away with anything nowadays. And we've touched on this topic briefly, but please elaborate on the great man Eddie Maguire. Oh, well, that's not fair. Um, he's oh, what, what he did. What most of what he did for Collingwood was wonderful. Um, he sold the place beautifully. He looked after our members and did all that sort of stuff. But uh, my feeling, and and I'm sort of over the top of this, is that I felt it was a bit too much about him in the end. Um, that's what I felt, and that's and he didn't he didn't do it on purpose. That's just what he was. He was so driven yeah. that that's what he did, and you know he didn't wait for go to talk to someone else, he'd just do things. And I felt that probably wasn't ideal for, for the, you know, the multiplier effect, the bigger, you know, all of us. Uh, and that's that's my feeling. Um, and it's pro- probably a bit unfair in a way, but I, I'm pretty sure it's right. I mean, I think I'm over the top with that one, but I... If we all buy into each other and help each other and it's not about you egotistically driving yourself, I reckon we're far better off because all we've got in foot is people. Yep. And if the people all work together and they help each other and they sacrifice for each other, guess what? You're bloody hard to beat. And if your leadership doesn't really display that behaviour, well, it doesn't encourage everyone necessarily to do that. So it's probably a bit extreme, but that's what I feel, yeah. So early doors when you start – so he approached you, yeah, when – at the time, we, did you have a job post Melbourne, or was it as in, in in footy? Was that your next job? Yeah, no, that, that was after Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. I did a bit, a little bit of media, and then went to uh, went to Collingwood. I can't remember. But yeah, sure, yeah, he, he did. Coach. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ed was there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what I'm uh, where I'm going with that was yeah, he 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 was he appointed me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it, as in the, the club was cast at the time. Oh, so, we were struggling at the time. Yeah. Financially, yeah, and all that. Yeah. So. 
I think and I'm just reading it as well, just like you and I had a great relationship at the time, and then I'd had enough, I had to leave. Um, but what worked for him so well was exactly that. It, like your, your Mick Mouldhouse conversation was, right, we need money, okay, I'll just go get money. Yeah, we need yeah, a coach, I'm going to go get a coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes that approach, particularly when you've been in a job for a long time, can actually be a negative for you. Well, yes. I mean, what's right's right and what's not's not. But yeah. as I said, 90% of what he does is wonderful. Yep. He, it was, he was fantastic. But if we didn't have him, we're probably in, well, you, <laughs> it's not me now. <laughs> um, we're in terrible strife. Um, but the ideal at the end, I don't think we quite had. Yeah. So my opinion. But All right, so what the next one? Probably didn't need a board with Ed, did you? No, no, no. Only if I bought a three with two <laughs> away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Uh, Gary Ablett. Which one? Well, you only had a relationship with one of them, right? So, as in uh, working relationship? Oh, junior, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, beautiful player. Yeah, well, funny, um, having the dad that he had was a bit challenging for him to, uh, you know, to really, what, what can I be, what can I do, how do you, how do you live up to that? Yeah. Because uh, Senior was uh, such a wonderful player. Um, but Gary was, um, he, he could do everything. And it was really interesting because he was not quite approaching it in the way that he was going to get the most out of himself. And I remember we were talking to the players and the players said, well, look, can we talk to him? Um, you know, Lingy and Tommy Harley and those guys. And what they put to him, rather than saying, you, you weak prick, do this, da 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 they went to him and said, look, we reckon if you actually really commit yourself to the training and to play the game, you can be the best player in the comp. And he's looked at him and gone, what? Yeah. Well, you can be. You, you've got everything. But all you've got to do is train a bit harder, get yourself a bit fitter, expect a bit more out of yourself, and you can be that. And he sort of went away and thought, hmm. And then he did. Yeah. So it was, was a lovely example of, you know, encouragement and support rather mm-hmm. than, you know, demand, go and bloody do this sort of thing. So it was a really, before our time in a sense, but the players did a great great job of it. Who's the best you've seen? Player? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if you don't like Royce Hart, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you don't like um, Wayne Carey, there's something wrong with you. But there's so many good ones. Those beautiful players. Um. Even now, I mean, Dusty, it'd be hard, it's hard to be better than him. Dane Swan wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were hoping for, Dane? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fishy? <laughs> one, one more, Gary. The, the, the challenge is when someone comes to you with a monster offer like Gold Coast gave. Oh, well, the AFL recruited him. Yeah. Because we, we're sitting there and all our blokes are, well, what we, he's our best player. How do we keep him? I said, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Mm. What do you mean? Well, it's not going to work. The AFL want him to go <laughs> to the Gold Coast <laughs> and they're going to give him everything to go. So let's, if we actually even try and compete with it, we're, we're going to have to get rid of the two or three players. We're not going to have the money to do that in the salary cap. Um, and, and maybe it was me being a little just accepting too much, but um, it was it was always going to happen. Yep. I mean, and it was not fair in a way, but the AFL needed Gary Abler to drive the Gold Coast story. Um, and we just knew it was going to happen. So, but that's sometimes what the AFL's like, isn't it? Actually, I did a show here recently with Jordan Lewis and Jared Ruffhead. It's almost parallels with what happened with Buddy Franklin, that because they also said yeah, that they yeah, probably yeah. as much and they're, they're, can't, they're, can't think, afford to keep him. Yeah. But I think they were both on his bridal party. So as much as they love him, they they say that they probably couldn't have won that extra flag if they kept him because it meant or you lose three, yeah, yeah, three more players because mm-hmm. you've got to pay him the, the million bucks or whatever it is. So it is yeah. quite challenging, but. Um, and you can you can see why the AFL did those things. They when when they've got teams in Sydney and teams in Queensland, etc. Well, they've got to yep. make sure they're good enough, otherwise it kills the comp. So I kind of get it, but it's a bit hard for you know all of us here. Although as Melbourne teams, we've got so many advantages. What if the guys. AFL want Dustin to go to the Gold Coast this year, <laughs> next year? Uh, uh, well, I reckon they'd be pushing their luck to get him to go because <laughs> if, if you know him, you just know that he's not. You're not going to want to go to another club yeah. and have to go and meet all these people, people and, <laughs> <laughs> and do all the media that you have to yeah. do. He's also not likely to do something he doesn't really want to do. Yeah. No, that would be very unlikely. <laughs> I should ask you one more about Dustin that uh, relates to what we're saying with because we had Daniel Hoyne in a couple of weeks ago, and he's adamant that Dustin Martin's being judged on. Dustin Martin this year is being judged on Dustin Martin of 17 to 20 rather than against the rest of the comp because if he's judged on what he did this year, oh, yeah. he's all yeah. Australian. I, I think that too. But, I mean, I don't think he'd really care. But, um, no. and, <laughs> not care, yeah. mind. Um, but the all-Australian thing is, you know, very challenging. How do you pick 
Hmm. But more the point, he's just saying that he oh. had a fabulous year. Oh, you boy, he yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we think he should have been in the Aussies. We didn't get anyone in it, yep. but maybe they're crook on us. <laughs> <laughs> Give us two more. One, one, one for you, one for me. We'll pick out any topic. There you go. 2011 Grand Final. Oh, sorry, Swanee. <laughs> <laughs> Geelong uh, v Collingwood. Yeah. Collingwood lost two games of the year. Three. Three. All to Geelong. All to Geelong, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. It's not as though it was un, unseen. Yeah. Uh, we were very confident, I must admit, but you always have to be. I mean, all I, I think we're going to win every game, so yeah. <laughs> I've always been that way. Um, oh, there's nothing better than winning a Grand Final. And, you know, when it's a terrific game against a really good opposition, well, it's even better, it's even stronger. But it's always hard for the other team. Um, only one wins, sadly. But um, well, What no, we were able to see that Chris Scott did, because, I mean, the, the dumbest cliche in football is, oh, well, he took over such a great side. Well, you, they're pretty hard to win premierships, so he obviously did it very well. Oh, well, he's a, he's a good coach. He gets, got, gets on well with his players. He ch- he's got that lovely balance between the, the challenge and support that you've got to have. Um, Oh, he's probably lucky in a way to win the first year, and in a sense. But yep. um, oh, it was fantastic. We yep. we were very proud of ourselves. I must admit, <laughs> well, it's an easy one to finish with. Actually, it works out well. Dimmer, uh, Damien Hardwick. What, what do you want to say about him oh, and your relationship with him? He, he was one, he was wonderful for our club. Um, I think the the thing that I'm most proud of him for is that he was he had the confidence and trust in us to tell us that he was done. <laughs> Yep. Because in the good old days, the coach just goes on forever and he's no good and you've got to sack him in a sense. <laughs> Do you believe he was, knew he was going to the Gold Coast before that? Well, no, we don't. But it, I don't even think it matters if, if he were. Mm. I mean, you, he, he's entitled to look after himself. Yeah. I mean, he'd been with us since 2012, 13 or whatever it was and, you know, won three done flags. Enough. And yeah. he, he'd really done his – but he really felt, genuinely felt that he, was, he wasn't getting his message across as well as he should. He was a buggered. And then he didn't think he had the energy to really go again, and he was prepared to tell us that, you know, which is, yeah. and that gave us a chance to go. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Did you see it coming, or no? I didn't no. at all. No, yeah. but that's what he, you know what coaches are like. Yeah. They, they just bore in yeah. and keep going. But but he felt internally that he was not getting the, you know, he'd done enough. Yes. And the truth is, everyone finishes. Yep. So he said, "Well, hmm. I think I'm done," and um, and we accepted it, and and it's given us a chance to. You know, to reset the club as well, and it's not such a bad thing as it turns out. And particularly given how it happened, is that the players still love him. There's no nastiness in it, um, and we recognise what he's done. And we're he's one of us, so we're really pleased that you know, Dame, uh, Damien being in footy is good for footy. I'm telling you, so yep. we're we're really pleased that he's gone to the Gold Coast as long as he doesn't pinch Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're pleased with that, and pleased he can you know keep going. And, and again, we're barracking for him. Except when he plays us, of course. But so no, he's fantastic. He did a wonderful job for us. What, what did you see when you walked into the job in late 2016? Richmond's last game, they got beaten by 20 goals. The easy, easy thing was to sack him. What did you see that said, "No, nah, this is right, man"? Well, he he recognised that, that he needed to change a couple of things. He, he what he'd done in 16 is he thought, well, from what I could see, he thought that he had to make sure that everyone who made a mistake knew what the mistake was. Yep. which is. The truth, you know, mm. because you've got to fix things. If something doesn't go right, how do you fix it? But there's a difference in saying, you weak prick, what did you do that for? <laughs> and let's have another look at this. What what happened and what, what you should you do yeah. and how can I help you do better? And you're saying the same thing. But that, yeah. that's kind of what he did because he did, you know, he did some work in the US and a few other things in terms of how to get his message across rather than just being – just driving. Yeah. Um, so he really – he changed his – not his attitude so much as just his delivery and the way he did it and the players loved it. So, you know, he they were all on side because he'd, he'd been challenging them and he was still challenging them but with, a, with the arm around him in a way. So yes. they all thought, oh, this is terrific. So – that that's kind of what he did. So that gave us a chance to make the most of the opportunity that we had, and um, through um, a bit of good fortune, we win the flag the first year I'm there. And I'm, I'm I'm the Richmond hero. <laughs> Bugger all to do with me, you know. I, but um, you'd still take the credit. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, mate. We we really appreciate you coming in once again. It's walkforepilepsy.org.au, and your page is called Walk with Barmy, and I'm definitely adding to my summer reading list. 
the, your Neil Barmore. It wasn't an autobiography. It was written by someone. Ans- Anson Cameron. Anson yes, Cameron. Yeah. And it, uh, what was it, it made a What'd you call it? Because uh, someone called it their book My Story. Oh, well, Very it's clever. a... It, it, <laughs> it's, it's an autobiography, but it's about my footy life, where I was and yes. what happened there, rather than just my story. Yep. Um, which is makes it better because, you know, like, I think this and I think that, you know, it's a bit blowing your own trumpet. But yep. he, he's really... He interviewed me for months and then got the stories and then went out to the people that are, that were in them and got the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and it, it's it's a terrific footy story. I know I'd have to say that anyway because it's yeah. my book. But And it's everything from, you know, Perth to Adelaide to uh, Richmond to Collingwood to Geelong to, you know, Melbourne. And so it's a, there's a lot, as you said, the 50-odd years in footy, is a, there's a lot to cover. And it's um, – no, he did a great job. He wrote it beautifully. He, I, he's a mate of mine. Yes. Um, and I'd read all – he's written about a dozen books and I'd read them all and I love the way he wrote. Um, and because um, my wife and kids were saying, you should write a footy book, you've been in footy for 50 <laughs> years. And I said, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. And then they figured it out. They said, well, what if we got Anson to write it? Right. I said, aha, now you're talking. <laughs> but he did, he did a wonderful job. Yeah, it's called um, Neil Baum, The Tale of Two Men because it does relate to that thing that when I played – I was a bit mad, but as an administrator, I'm reasonably sane. <laughs> well, I think I am. Maybe I'm not. Well, I mean, we've got to half of, half of the topics we could have, which is a testament, uh, actually, Alan, you've been in footy at a great level and so many personalities have been involved with it as well. So once again, thanks so much for coming uh, thanks, thanks, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.